Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, coming at you with no guests this week. It's just the shot list. Every once in a while, it's nice to check in and go over some best practices to make sure we're making the best call sheets possible and to make sure that we're using all the tools uh, possible and available at our disposal. Also, to be honest with you, can't, I won't say I lost track of getting a guest this week. I've just been really busy trying to raise funds for the game. Also, quick reminder, we have our WeFunder page, wefunder.com slash cinemadraft. Only $100 to invest in the future of Cinemadraft. Make sure you check it out and support the game. All right. So, oh, and actually, in, you know, before we dive in, a real quick what I'm watching, just off the cuff. Uh, one of the things I'm watching is the incredible Jessica James, or I, did, I watched it. It's a Netflix movie. It came out uh, essentially late Thursday night, as Netflix want to do at midnight. Um, and it's and it was it was charming, quirky, small film. Um, not a lot. There's there's really not a lot to it. It felt like a like a black female Woody Allen type of uh, romantic comedy. You know, largely set in New York, uh, New York centered. It's about a struggling artist, the struggling uh, playwright. Who you know, uh, it's kind of you know, it's kind of up and down in love, trying to get over her ex-boyfriend, and so that kind of pervades the whole theme of the movie. And she's just you know, what she call herself? Uh, well, she's she's a quirky, but uh, you know, uh, a dope ass queen or something like that. I think that's how she described herself. Anyways, it was it was cute, it was it was charming, it was uh, and very low stakes. Watching a lot of high stakes stuff, so it was very so it was very interesting to see a low stakes type of uh, comedy. Where yeah, I mean, this thing couldn't have cost more than you know a few million dollars, you know, uh, uh, just a handful of sets, um, you know. And it's the type of movie that, quite honestly, studios aren't making anymore. And and honestly, have never really made for black women. So it's kind of cool to see a young black woman uh, at the center of all this, uh, with a with a with a fairly eclectic but specific world that um, was good to see. Uh, small get off my lawn moment. I could not get used to that nose ring of hers. What's going on with that? Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, she that was in for like half the movie. It was a little distracting for me. I know, get off my lawn. I'm an old man. But, uh, other, but you know, she's a talented performer. She's, she's good to look at. She's got some comedic timing. And, oh, and, and, her, and her co-star, Chris O'Dowd, you know him from... Uh, bridesmaids that's for bridesmaids uh another you know kind of quirky performer uh was a scottish dude irish dude he had a, he had a really strong accent and he was just really he was really funny he's kind of like the main romantic lead interest and even though they don't seem like a very likely pair um they get on just fine so yeah uh so incredible jessica james is what i watched uh earlier this weekend and then uh also i started watching the last tycoon now, y'all know how I love me some good historical fiction, and this is exactly what it gives us. It gives us the studio system back in 1936, so it's the middle of the Depression. It's got your boy, Matthew Bomber, Bomer, I think Bomer. Uh, he stars as, as a studio head. Or, well, no, he's, he's kind of like the boy genius, the second in command at a studio to uh, Kelsey Grammer. Don't see him in there yet. Uh, and he's based in – and Matthew Bomber's character's name is um, – Oh, excuse me. Uh, what's the name? Uh, oh, yeah, Martin Starr, S-T-A-H-R. Uh, and Oh, sorry, Monroe, Monroe Starr, S-T-A-H-R. 
and he's grieving over his dead wife who died two years ago. Um, while I think while making a picture or something like that, she was a movie star. She died in a fire, and so he's trying to get over her. Uh, uh, this woman right here, she's the boss's daughter, uh, kind of dropped out of uh, college to want to be a producer. Uh, so everyone's kind of like everyone's uh well she's kind of like the the quote-unquote accessible boss daughter she's the type that goes to, tr to try every job in the studio to get an idea how the studio system works uh that was her that was the writer on on the film that she's trying to produce yeah they're out there matthew bomber going to work i guess <laughs> yeah and yeah and, and bomber is it bomber or bomer i think we call him bomer matthew bomer he uh he was once in the short, uh, in the latest iteration of Superman with Henry Cavill. He was on the short list for Superman. I mean, he's got like the classic kind of lantern jawed look. You, you all know him from White Crime, no, sorry, White Collar, um, <clears throat> that show on USA where he played like uh, uh, a convicted, uh, a convicted felon who was released. Uh, but on the ankle tracker to work with the FBI, he's a con man to help sell, solve white collar crimes. So that, that's what you know. Matthew uh, Bomer made his uh, made his bones on uh, what fans are largely known for that, and also the Magic Mike movies. <laughs> well, no comment there. Um, oh, is she have an arm in a sling? Uh oh, oh, okay, that's her dress. Yeah, she had quite a dress. There's quite a dress she's wearing in the Last Tycoon. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a period piece. Um, and it's it's really good. It's written directed by the, at least I think the first two episodes are written directed by Billy Ray. Billy Ray uh, also uh, directed the um, no directed the I think he directed the pilot, directed the second episode. And you know, period piece, like I said, very you know, very great costumes, all sorts of stuff. And it's about the studio system back in the day. So I'm I'm always down for that, you know. It's, and but it's interesting though because yeah, there he is. There's Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer plays. The studio boss and the father of Lily Collins' um, uh, daughter, daughter, who wants to be the producer, and and, and it's it's interesting, a bit of a power struggle because he wants to be the person talked about on the lot, but everyone talks about Matthew Bomer's character, uh, Monroe Star, because Monroe is kind of like the the rainmaker, the kid with the great instincts or whatever. But Kelsey Grammer is excellent in this too. He's he's really, I mean. You never would have known him from Frasier, but he's a really talented actor, really good at playing assholes. He's a bit of an asshole in this film. Cheats on his wife, uh, has you know huge crushes on his actresses, and then also is constantly warring with his better self against Monroe Starr, who has, of course, the the young the the, the young in instincts that are likely to save the studio. So, anyways, um, so yeah, so it's 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 really good. It is fascinating though, in a, in a movie like this. I mean, it is two full episodes through. It, we're, we're well into the third episode before we even see uh, a black character. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of typical of the studio system back in the 1930s to an extent. But also, you know, I mean, you always want to. I mean, you always are consciously or unconsciously looking for voices or faces that look like yours. But it does come in in force in the third episode, directed by Julianne Ro Robinson, where Jennifer Beals makes an appearance just after her black maid shows up on screen, and that's kind of interesting. And actually, Jennifer Beals is, is playing a character who, for all intents and purposes, is white or passing for white. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You can go, you know, almost two and a half episodes without seeing a black person on screen in this in this show, but 
thoroughly enjoyable uh, historical fiction studio system in an era that's not really talked about during the depression where you know the 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 third reich is on the rise hitler is rising to power and germany is an important uh, movie uh, trading partner so they have like an actual uh uh a Germany representative on the lot who's basically vetting films for whether they're uh, anti-Germany uh, or not. It's kind of bizarre, but it's a really interesting series. I'm halfway through, five episodes in. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard to put down. I guess there's only nine episodes in this first, in this, uh, first season, but really good stuff. Make sure you check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, and, and also earlier on, the incredible Jessica James is on Netflix. Just get those taken care of and out of the way. Okay, so... Yeah, so just a shot list. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump in. We're gonna create a uh, we're gonna create a call sheet. We go to my to my dummy call sheets. We're gonna actually delete the one in the background talent. I might keep this. I might not. But we'll we'll at least go through some of the thought processes of how we can really construct a call sheet using all the tools that are our disposal. Oops, sorry, that's the wrong one. There we go. So let's click onto the background talent. Okay, we're going to draft a call sheet. And so so one thing, I, the only advantage I have over you guys, uh, besides being creator of the game, is, is that I do have like this little spreadsheet, which is a spreadsheet version of what you guys see up on, up in, you know, the, the talent pool. And so it's so basically, it's, so it makes it a little bit easier, but really, you know, it's still at the end of the day, I mean, we're still all playing from, you know, from the same, uh, from the same talent pool, but <clears throat> but this is just kind of bird's eye view of what's going on this week in the talent pool. Uh, you kind of see uh, uh, you see what my what a lot of these are guesstimations. These are these are estimated. To be honest, estimated screens in release because we don't get harder more uh, confirmation till later <clears throat> when we check Box Office Mojo or or some other places for our theater counts. See if these have been updated at all. Not really. Uh, yeah, so not a lot of information. This is what I base it off of largely. Uh, and then some of them you have to kind of guess at it, like the expansion of Landline. I'm not too sure. I think it's supposed to go to, well, I'm so I'm guessing 300. I guess I'm being optimistic. Uh, Safety with the Inconvenient Sequel, I'm guessing 400. It's supposed to go out uh, wider this weekend. Um, but, you know, you never know, so we'll see. Um, all right, so... Actually, wrong page. All right, so so basically, with this bird's eye view, the one thing I'm definitely looking for is is uh, estimated gross and estimated value. And what I mean by value is how much estimated points I'm getting per dollar. It's what I always like to look at. And actually, just give you an idea. I kind of took it down. Let me see if I can bring it back. Uh, this is the talent pool from from last week. Let's drag this over here. So it's all said and done, right? You kind of see, you see how, how it breaks down, you know, per screen average, stuff like that. Uh, box house per million. So, so something, you know, you want to kind of be cognizant of. I don't actually have, hmm, this is interesting. I don't actually have a column for this. I might insert a column. For this might be interesting to see. Is basically um, points per, per dollar. I thought I had this somewhere. Um, Maybe it was on the old call sheets or what have you, but yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, um, one thing I'm 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 keenly 
uh, interested in is is how as how much I'm getting you know per dollar I spend. Oh, that's right. So we don't have salaries on here, so that's why it would make it a little little difficult um, uh, to do that. But but salary wise, I'm always kind of cognizant like, all right, so if I spend this much, how many points will it get me? Versus if I spend that much on this film, how many points will it get me? You always want to be cognizant of how much you're spending. Uh, Budget-wise, because you know, you know, money is power. Your budget is your power. So you want to make sure that you're spending wisely. So in a week like this, so so in a week like last week, let's just take a look at last week real quick per se. You're looking at um, if we're going by, let's see, let's sort it by fantasy points. Oops, sorry, wrong way. Uh, hello. Let's see what I do. Uh, sort. Oh, okay. That's oh, all right. So I see what they did. Okay. Anyways, so if you if you're sorting by fancy points, all right. So let's let's forget about these. These are not where it's at. So if you're looking at here, like Dunkirk. So 26.61 uh, points, and then you're looking at what it cost. For an actor on that movie, and I'm, I'm not saying I do this all the time. Like I actually, I mean, it probably would be better if I start doing this. Um, th this is this is a, a a technique usually used in like daily fantasy. It, um, it, it is called like value. Like we're, we're trying to see like how many points you're getting per uh, per dollar spent. Um, it's usually you know uh, you know like a a, a factor of like a a factor of like, you know, of one. So it's like, you know, oh, I'm getting five X, you know, I'm getting, you know, five times salary or whatever for this player. I'm getting, you know, three X for this player. And depending on the size of the budget, you wanted, you know, certain type of of value coming from your player. So on a movie like Dunkirk, for example, you know, fourteen thousand five hundred at the top end for for a Tom Hardy and you look at the box office at 26.61 points. I mean, that's that's a that's pretty good return. So basically, you're looking at I don't know two, uh, uh, and basically, yeah, basically you're you're getting about like you know basically about two x per se, you know, 26 divided by 14 or whatever for your points, which is pretty good in this game. Um, and you just try to you want to be cognizant of your of the value of the dollars per points that you're spending, you know, just as a rule of thumb. All right. So with that in mind, as we go to this week, as you can see, some are more expensive. Oh, yeah, some are more expensive films. Actually, the most expensive film on the slate is uh, The Dark Tower. It's new. HSX, which is another valuable tool, hsx.com. It is the Hollywood Stock Exchange. I, I sometimes go there to get an idea of what the market is thinking for opening weekend. So this is also a helpful gauge for you as you're picking out your your call sheets, what the market thinks it, uh, is going to do for opening weekend. And it's not too off. Like, for example, Atomic Blonde. Uh, what should, oh, okay, I guess it's already open. So it won't show us much. But Atomic Blonde, they showed when I was uh, checking uh, uh, the potential grosses, they were guesstimating about, about this, about you know, just under like 19 million, you know, 18, 19 million for its opening weekend. So I kind of held that in the back of my mind when I was uh, not so much when I was setting prices, because when I was setting prices, I was higher on Atomic Blonde before, before I actually saw it. When I saw Atomic Blonde, I enjoyed it. It is a kick-ass movie, but it really 
has this weird odd pacing that makes it kind of hard to recommend. And also, once I learned more about it, that's uh, produced by Focus Films, Focus Features, whatever. They're not like a really big. I mean, they're they're an independent um, uh, producer, not used to putting out like a ton of of uh, big picture stuff. I mean, this movie was gonna be this movie was gonna be destined for only but so much. So. So that so that's a good way to take good advantage of HSX. So for example, um, I mean, and once again, these are just guidelines. I mean, always beware to to you know trust what what the numbers are telling you, trust what the market's telling you. What's this, what as the our chocolate cardinal, the W uh, the WBW or Working Black Rider would say, you know, what's in the zeitgeist out there? Um, what what are, you know what what the streets are talking? Also. Box Office Pro, can't stress this enough. They come out on Wednesdays. I'm taping this uh, early Wednesday morning. <clears throat> they come out on Wednesdays with their weekend forecast, and you know they they once again guidelines. You know they're not always right, but they give you some uh, a decent range to work with. And then also, you know, Rotten Tomatoes can kind of play into it a little bit because you can you can you know get an idea of what people want to see. You know, it's like that 95% want to see meter is actually really instructive. Detroit might do well. The Dark Tower, ninety-nine percent want to see. You know, I mean, I'll, and also keep this, you know, keep this in mind that people who are, you know, uh, adding this or plusing this, or 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 however they're adding it, I guess the the want to see rating or whatever. These are people. You know, people who click this are more li likely to want to see. It. They're this is oversampled. Is what I'm saying. Basically, you know, most people who want to see this are going to click this. Most people who don't will probably ignore it. So let's keep that in mind. So 95, 99%. Not sure if those are numbers you actually can really take too seriously yet, but just keep that in mind. Um, okay. So so yeah. So you know, there's, there's a lot of tools at our disposal, and of course, you know, Box House Mojo, which tells you the theater counts, and and will tell you how the, some of these genres have gone. You know, in the past. So for example. You click on the Dark Tower. Uh, you click on all right. So the genre is fantasy. So maybe we can take a look at some fantasy movies. Let's see, let's take a look at so look at some of these genres. That, and this, to be honest with you, I don't do nearly enough. But all this is at our disposal. Here's the genre index. We look at fantasy, fantasy live action. All right, kind of like Beauty and the Beast. So Beauty and the Beast did gangbusters, obviously. These are the top 100. Um, and if you want to go by opening, well, there you go. These are some pretty, uh, pretty big opens. But also notice that it's existing IP also. So Be the Beast, uh, and by IP I mean um, intellectual property, existing intellectual property. But and also like just really like Alice in Wonderland. Like these are really huge, major, you know, tentpole movies. Dark Tower, yeah. I mean, considering that it's debuting August 4th, it's debatable how tentpole-ish it is, per se. And so once you get outside of these, like, expanded universes uh, of existing IP, um, so, uh, you know, Oz, all sort of stuff, uh, The Hobbit, Maleficent, I mean, the closest comparable would, might be a rant, I mean... Maybe Chronicles, not, I don't know, because that's a series of books also, and it had like a children's element. The Dark Tower, ooh, I mean, what would be the, the I, I guess the closest might be The Last Airbender maybe, because it, although that was a series of books as well and terribly done by M. Night Shyamalan 
just terribly, terribly bad. Maybe the Scorpion King might be a decent comp for it, only because uh, because it, although existing IP, uh, it was an offshoot of something that already exists. And the Dark Tower, I mean, it's based off of a Stephen King novel. Uh, I, I can't, I'm not sure if, if it had like a series of books or whatever per se, but um, but I, I I think the the Scorpion King is not a bad comp for it. Versus something, you know, or or you know, actually, Last Airbender two because that was supposed to be like the beginning of like a franchise. It obviously, did not take off. All these, like, all these were like big budget, mega, mega uh, blockbuster, uh, existing IP type stuff. Um, and although technically the Dark Tower is existing IP, it's it's the first entry in its franchise. So the Last Airbender might be a good one. Although the Scorpion King was like an offshoot of the mummy, no one really took that too seriously. They really saw it as like a vehicle for the rock. So these two might be a decent comp. 40 million, 36 million split difference, call it 38 million. That might be on the high side. Um, so so that that so that's what I'm saying as far as like look at you know, looking at genres can help uh, when you try to figure out the value of an opening weekend. And I have to admit, the Dark Tower didn't quite understand the trailers, but as as they at least the first trailer, but as the last trailer came out, I'm kind of I'm kind of psyched. I'm pr- probably going to see it this weekend. I don't know if it's good enough to be like the lock movie. I'm really interested in seeing Detroit. I might just go see that. Um. So yeah. So so you know some you know and also pair up of Idris Elba, Matt McConaughey. Uh. You know I mean and I'm very interested to see how well this will pull for Idris Elba fans. This truly is like his first above the line um, uh, headliner type movie, Idris Elba, where he is like, you know, the, the top line star of a summer action flick. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Color me intrigued. What's that show with uh, Dan Levitard and his, and his dad, Poppy, his Cuban dad, Poppy. See, see, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> uh, so we'll find out just how intrigued people are. Um, fairly lesser-known director Nikolai Arcel. I'm not familiar with him, so it's not so pretty much going to be on the strength of the star power of of Idris McConaughey uh, and Stephen King, existing IP. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Catherine Winnick, why is she a higher star than who is she? All right, I, she yeah, beautiful. Not familiar with her. Not why she's a higher star on the star meter. IMDb, fix your shit. Anyways. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna have some some dark tower uh, off the top of it. Also, you want to be very aware of what's gonna perform well in its release type. So, for example, in platform release, platform can always be a bit of uh, can can always be a bit of a well, I would say dumpster fire, but a crapshoot. But in a week like this, where we know that an inconvenient sequel is going to be expanding. There it is. Now I just I guess 400 screens. I have no idea how many screens going to expand to. Like to be honest, I'm I have no idea. But uh, let me look for an inconvenient sequel. Real quick look at on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean it gets. Uh, I mean first of all the first screen was off the charts. We'll get to that in a second. But look at Rotten Tomatoes. Oh interesting. Only 78% fresh. So not as high as, as I thought it would be. Only 43% liked it. That's disturbing. That's out. Maybe it's because it's a little too dire, dour, or whatever. Uh, our 
uh, environments going to hell in a handbasket? I don't know. That's interesting because these were all really higher before it debuted last weekend. <clears throat> uh, one thing I maybe over-rely on, and, I'm, and I'll admit to being guilty of that, are the, per, <clears throat> are the previous weekend's um, uh, per-screen averages and, and or per-theater averages. Now, to me, this is important because this gives you an, an indicator <clears throat> on how well a movie is going to perform. Generally, you can kind of estimate guesstimate how much per screen per, per theater a movie's going to do and then extrapolate that out to how many points you're going to get so for example um last weekend uh detroit did seventeen thousand five hundred and ten dollars per screen on only 20 screens that obviously is super high and unsustainable so i so if it expands out to 2800 screens I would expect it to be somewhere along the lines with Dunkirk per se, especially with especially with this tomato meter stuff. I mean, let's just go back to this real quick. I mean, 95% uh, uh, critics average, which you know, it's not. I mean, it's something. I mean, some movies are review proof, like the Transformer series to an extent, whatever. But this is very interesting. 95% want to see it. Now, how does that rate to other films? Uh, you know, Girl Trip, 87% tomato meter, 88% liked it, really high. Also, larger sample size, over 100 reviews and 12,000 user ratings. Now, obviously, on a movie like Detroit, not released yet, you know, 7,000, almost 8,000 people want to see it. So that just gives us an indicator of sentiment of, of people want to see the movie. Now, let's contrast it to the Emoji movie. 6% tomato meter, 45% of people liked it. All these numbers are dismal for an animated film, which have which ha animated films have a very, very low bar to clear. So, so keeping keeping in mind that that movie still eked out twenty four point five million, but you know, and it's Cinema Score. That's another tool. We have so many tools in our toolkit. I'm telling you, Cinema Score. Um. Cinema score come, tends to come out uh, like Friday evening, so it's a little bit after the fact, a little bit you know beyond which when you when it's time to lock in our, our call sheets. But you can get an idea of what's been getting what, um, what the the general mood of the audience is. Like for example, Dunkirk A minus. That makes sense. Uh, Girl Strip A plus. And pretty much, that's like the only A-plus I see here. I mean, that just shows you how on the girl strip people were. And, 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 you know, and Wonder Woman A, that's why it's still making money. And to be honest with you, that I feel highly vindicated. Y'all are making fun of me in the group chat. And that's another. That, that's probably the best resource you can have, to be honest with you, is the group chat. The group chat's awesome. The group chat is constantly talking strategy. Now, I'll just, you know, I'll drag this over real quick. Yeah, take a look at the group chat. We are oops, hold on a second. Here we go. We are always talking strategy. Look at this. You know, Nick Ringwald, aka Ringballs, talking about like how many uh, screens an inconvenient sequel might be on. Um, you know, uh, Michael Volante. Just I mean, people you see at the top, at the tip top of you know Jason Stern, aka Gamble Twenty Four X Seven. People you see at the tip top week after week are in the group chat. I'm just trying to tell y'all. Get in the group chat. Uh, ways you can join. We have uh, it's easily accessible on our Facebook page. Go to our Facebook page. We keep a sticky under the notes section. Join our group chat. You know, there's a link to it. Free to join. It's a public group chat. 
you know, we're always talking strategy all week long. Uh, side bets galore as well. Um, you know, in case you know you want you want to get 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 your gamble on. But yeah, it's a uh, uh, so so basically you know, a lot of tools are disposal, including CinemaScore. Um, give you an idea of how a film's going to perform. And basically, if a film's not getting at least like a B plus or an A minus, I mean, then people really don't like that that movie. Like for example, Rough Night got a C plus and it didn't do well at the box office at all. So a lot of tools are disposal. So it's kind of prepping you for the thought process behind when I start actually building my call sheet. So it's so also, so in, in the longer movies out, obviously the less money is going to pull in, but you have to be, you also have to look at uh, holds uh, and basically the percentage change. So Dunkirk in its second weekend dropped only 47%, which is really good because big films tend to drop 50, 55, 60% in their second weekend. So that hold is pretty strong. Um, off a $55 million open. And it's type of movie, because I saw it a second time, uh, I think, uh, you know, a week ago. And it's type of movie where I saw in that screening, it was like a daytime, 4.30 p.m. screening, a lot of older people. And older people definitely drive continued box office. So, like, while young people, you know, will rush out and see a movie, it's opening weekend, older people discover a movie, generally. These are all, you know, this is apocryphal, but also, there might be some statistics back this up as well. Uh, <clears throat> but older people tend to discover movies later. Like, they're not in a rush, you know. <laughs> they will get to a movie in its fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh week. So I saw a lot of older people at my daytime screening in Summerlin, which is uh, a section of Las Vegas that tends to be a lot, have a lot of ret- retirees. So skewed sample. But... Generally, older people see movies later. Like my mom, I think, just saw Baby Driver last weekend. Baby Driver's been out for like a month and a half. So that just lets you know. And, you know, yeah, you're young at heart, mom. We love you, draft mom. But, yeah, she saw Baby Driver like in its fifth week, uh, fifth weekend of it being out. But so, so a movie like Dunkirk is going to have legs because older people are going to discover it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dunkirk dropped eh, like only 33%. So that's going to get you like 17 uh, million, 17.42 points at one point per million per actor in wide release. <clears throat> the Emoji Movie, I would avoid like the plague. That sucker's going to drop off. <clears throat> it is definitely in on the cutting room floor because because of the bad reviews, because of just seeing such a soft opening. If this drops by 50%, 60%, you're looking at like 10 million. And 10 million at... Even at eleven thousand, isn't even worth your time because you can get a movie like Girls Trip, your your A plus uh, performer at nineteen million, it only dropped thirty seven percent. That's an outstanding hold, especially for a comedy, especially for an African American comedy in wide release. That's just an outstanding hold. I see it doing probably another eleven or twelve million. I mean, so nineteen point six million minus let's say let's say it loses forty percent this weekend. That's still 11.76 million, so essentially 12 million. That's a pretty, that's a fairly strong hold. And price-wise, it's still pretty affordable. Well, actually, I ticked it up a little bit, um, a, a thousand. But you might want to have some girls trip on there. Uh, Landline, I believe, expands uh, once again. I don't know how many screens. 300 might be a bit much. Uh, how many screens was on last week? Landline was on. Landline. 
was on, oh, okay, 38 screens last week. Okay, cool. So, so I know it's supposed to expand wider this weekend, but 300 might be a stretch, but, you know, 150, 200, 300, it's, it's expanding. This per screen average is pretty solid, 3,300. So if so, let's say if we're expecting it to go to to 300 at let's say 2,500 per screen, 750,000 is nothing to sneeze at, especially at min price essentially, starting at 5,000, which is our minimum price for all actors in this game, going to 5,500 for Jenny Slate, the star of this movie. There could be some value there because that 70, 750,000 is is at one point per hundred thousand per actor in platform release. That's seven point five points. That could be really crucial um, coming down the stretch. Uh, Lady Macbeth, uh, no idea. It's rollout it seems to be a pretty slow rollout, um, and it's pretty decent per screen average. So yeah, so let's let's sort this by per screen. There we go. Ooh, Battleship Island. What's that about? One screen, fifty nine thousand. See, inconvenient sequel, thirty one thousand per screen. It's not sustainable. Uh, once again, not sure how many screens could be on. I guess we need 400. If we're keeping with that guess, it's still assuming a pretty high per screen. Now, let's say it does, I don't know, 12,000 per screen, which sounds really high, but people really want to see this movie. Um, people care about the environment. I don't tell you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We care about the environment. <laughs> so let's say it does, you know, let's say it does 11,000 per screen, all right? On 400 screens, that's 4.4 million, which... At one point per million in platform release is essentially 44 points. That is fucking fantastic. So let's keep our eye on an inconvenient sequel. We know it's expanding. We just don't know by how much. Actually, let's take a look. Well, once again, uh, stuff at our disposal. Uh, maybe, was it showtimes.com? That's another resource. Thank you. Hat tip to, uh, to your boy, um, uh, Ringballs. He introduced that to us in the group chat. Just saying. Hashtag just saying. Uh, inconvenient sequel. There we go. Truth to power. Let's try to get an idea of showtimes. So it's going to be everywhere out here. Um, all theaters. Uh, it's going to be a lot of. So it's going to be a lot of different theaters on Friday. Oh, actually, hold on. One, two, three, four. Is that it? Are there more? Uh, okay, actually, okay, so actually, let me dial it back. It's gonna only gonna be on three screens out here. Hmm. Okay. Um, hmm. I wonder if she changed. Look, I wish she could do like, you, like USA, like get a whole broad view. But let's take a look at uh, LA generally. My old zip code nine zero two six zero. So yeah. Okay. So this gonna be out. Oh wow, it's gonna be everywhere in LA. So. 400 screens might not be out, out of the row. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you get, is it? Okay, so you get, so nine per, oh, sorry, that's the last one. So you're getting, so you're getting 10 theaters per, per page. Looks like about 89 screens just from the LA area. Okay, I feel better. I think 400 isn't too off. So if you're assuming 400-ish, even 350, you're looking at a lot of fancy points. So I might stock up on an inconvenient sequel. So let's start building a call sheet because I think I've got the building blocks in place. We'll, we'll come back to the screen in a little bit. 
so this could be one of those weekends where oh man, so I'm I'm really feeling an inconvenient sequel. I mean, eleven thousand per screen sounds a tad high, but I'm telling you, people want to see this movie, so I'm going to max out. I'm going to max pack an inconvenient sequel because I then I still have a ton of money left over. It's platform release, one point per hundred thousand per. Uh, per actor, and so now I still have 73,000 remaining. That's awesome. Okay, so then now we're going to look at uh, Dark Tower. We're definitely getting ourselves a headliner stack of that. 36,000 left for three slots. That's essentially... Okay, so 12,000 per left. We can probably do – now, this is where it gets tricky because Dunkirk is performing so well, you kind of want to have some exposure to it, especially if you can get a headliner for cheap. Headliner is 16500 Hmm. You know what? Let's do this. Let's go Dunkirk. Let's do – let's see if we can afford two headliners. Nope. Okay, we can do one headliner. Okay. So let's do Killian Murphy, headliner from Dunkirk. 19,900 left over. We need limited release. Now, that's a now in limited release. Hmm. If we go by release type, let's kind of click over and see what we're dealing with here. I'm dealing I'm doing it as you would. There we go. Baby driver. As far as per screen goes, we're estimating 1,500 per screen, maybe. Sorry, it's taking a minute to load. There we go. Estimating 1,500 per screen. So Baby Driver's up there. Wonder Woman is still doing doing its thing. Um, let's see. Uh, well, let's we're gonna do a little cheat sheet a little bit. Let's go by per screen. If we're going by per screen, it looks like. Actually, let me sort this per screen. Eh, wrong way. There we go. Going by per screen, looks like at the highest end of limited release going to be Baby Driver and Wonder Woman. Also, the big sick. Let's take a look at how those did last weekend. You know I love my per screen averaging. Um, by per screen average, our, the first one we run into is Baby Driver. Did 3.9 million. Wonder Woman did 3.3. And look, Wonder Woman's got legs for days, but we might need to take a close look at Baby Driver. Even the big sick. Um, if we assume Baby Driver is going to have the most amount of screens in limited release, and once again, limited release is 501 to 1900, 1999 screens, so just just shy of 2,000 screens. I mean, uh, and you get one point per 500,000. This type, this really matters. So if you assume another 40% drop off. Over this weekend, over from 3.9 million, you're looking at 2.34 million. So, you know, still not the greatest, but you know, if you're looking at limited release, this might be what we're looking for right here. It's affordable. Let's see what it costs. Baby driver. Oh, let's go back here. Because we're basically just doing, we're basically punting. All right, so that's occasionally this happens in the system, gets confused, sometimes needs to 
it loses it loses way. So just refresh your page. You won't lose your spot. Should have all your actors up there and everything. There you go. Now, baby driver. There we go. All right, ninety five hundred and 9,200 for your headliner. So let's get Ansel Elgort. All right. And so now we have 10,700 left over. So what can we get for that price? Let's, let's sort this by salary. There we go. Man, I really want exposure to Girls Trip. I'm not sure if I can, though. Um, in this range, yeah, 11,200 is the cheapest girls trip. 10,000 You know what? <clears throat> I mean, as much as I don't like the emoji movie, it's kind of in our price range. It's kind of in our budget. Um Atomic Blonde second weekend. Yeah, no thanks. Um mm, I don't know y'all, what do you think? What can we afford for this price that's going to give us the returns we want? Because uh, <clears throat> now, now it's a matter of points. So if we're assuming 2.34 million next weekend for, uh, for Baby Driver times two, essentially 4.68 points by the by the what was it the the law of substitution whatever what other movies can get us 4.68 points for 10,000 or less now we've already maxed out an inconvenient sequel so we can't go back there is there something and we've already satisfied all of our requirements <clears throat> as far as having an actor from each of three release types wide limited and platform so now it's basically going down coming down to sheer points what do we think can get us those points and you know what the big sick on a per screen basis last weekend did pretty well. What did it do? Big sick. Eh, it did 2,000 per screen. So if you imagine 1,500 per screen on 1,100 screens, 1.65 million. It's not too bad, but it, honestly, we might as well just double down with uh, Baby Driver, to be honest with you, because it seems like that's the best use of our money. Also, nothing else really jumping out, out at me. I mean, at least with Baby Driver, we can guarantee another 4.68 or with the headliner bonus of 40%, another 6.55 points. Unless, and this is, where, this is where I always get a little nervous because then you have like in platform release, you're always looking at stuff like, um, uh, hold on. In, in, plat in platform release, you're always looking at stuff like, like uh, your your ghost stories, uh, which still which did pretty well last weekend, but it's on the, the decline. Lady Macbeth has been getting solid per screen averages, but we don't know how much higher it's going to grow. And I actually had the wrong last week's screens was on. Actually, how, I'm sorry. How many screens was Lady Macbeth on last weekend? Lady Macbeth. Because per screen is not bad. Oh, because it was 104 screens, 1600 per screen. Nah, that's okay. Um, you always kind of wonder about. Look, it's a movie like Wolf Warrior 2. I'm guessing it's going to go. Up, it's going to expand to 100 screens. There's no, you know, concrete evidence that it will. On only 53 screens, it did 219,000, which is good, but that's not 6.55 points worth. Because as you know, one point per 100,000 per actor in platform release 
you need about six six hundred fifty thousand for that. <clears throat> so just thinking out loud here, step seems interesting only on thirty screens about this a documentary on uh, on a uh, black female step team. Hmm. So I so I can't since I can't guarantee my estimate of a hundred screens for Wolf Warrior Two. We'll just play it safe. We'll you know what landline looks interesting. Actually now now I think about it, let's let's use the rest of that money for landline. That's that's a good bit of a punt because if landline because landline look at its per screen average last weekend. Landline did thirty three hundred. If you estimate twenty five hundred per screen times three hundred screens, that's seven hundred fifty thousand or seven point five. Uh, fancy points per actor, and if we just get one headliner with a 40% bonus, that's 10 points right there. Let's take let's take a flyer on landline. Why not? Let's take a flyer on landline. Jenny Slate. That's my boo thing. All right, so there, and you've got 5,200 left over. Which I mean, unless you we want to lose an inc one of the inconvenient sequels, which I do not. Only other thing I can think of is maybe maybe you might want to instead of I mean so now if if we assume an inconvenient or sorry if we assume the Dark Tower is going to do along the lines of what HSX said it would do which is just as a quick refresher about twenty oh twenty six million well then and if we think no Christopher Nolan's going to do another nineteen million this weekend. Then we really can't give up this headliner because if it's going to be another 19 million times 1.4 to be the 40% bonus, 26.6 million right there. They're about even, so you're basically foregoing. So basically, the opportunity cost of another Dark Tower actor, which would be a non-headliner because we have our headliner stack of of Elvin McConaughey already in there. Um, you're basically foregoing that for a headliner from from uh, uh, Dunkirk, which, to be honest with you, has a little bit better upside in that category. So we're going to keep him there. So it's going to be 5,200 5, light. I'm assuming that as my call sheet. I like it for now. Um, solid call sheet. And and we used we used all the tools in this one. So so definitely you know make sure you're using all the tools. And we'll bring in it for landing there. We've talked for a great a uh, bit of time about strategy and everything, but those are all the tools. Use your tools, everybody. Use your tools to create a better shot list because you go up against some killers, some assassins, some uh, the group chat players. You know, they're always in the top five. So join our group chat. See what we're talking about. Do the research. Do the homework. Thanks everybody for listening, for watching, uh, following along uh, on all of our social media, for, for subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud. You know, wherever you get your your uh, uh, podcast from it is free to play and free to listen. Uh, still have you know our prize pool over two hundred dollars in prizes coming out uh, or going out this weekend. Once again, as a reminder, make sure you double check your call sheets after theater lock, which is at six p.m. Pacific time uh, Thursday night, and then uh, our, the game runs live at ten p.m. Pacific time Thursday night. So make sure you double check your call sheets. Thanks, everybody, for listening and for watching and all that good stuff. Uh, and, of course, between now and next time, make sure you, you – know, sorry, about to put you on tagline. Why don't you go see a movie or something?